Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I'm Mike, he's Bobby, and today we have special guests. We've got Sarah and Dylan King here to talk to us about automating your marketing system and not using social media and trying to be everywhere to do it, which as you guys know, we're big fans of not doing that. So Sarah, Dylan, welcome to the show. How are y'all doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. So if you've never heard of Sarah and Dylan before, I actually discovered them. I got hit with one of y'all's ads, right? And so I'm a, an agency owner. I'm an advertiser. So, you know, obviously I get sucked into funnels. I always like to see what other people are doing. And we're big believers in courses here at Laptop Empires. And as I was just looking at y'all's marketing material and your funnel and all these kind of things, I was just really impressed. And y'all's story really resonated with me because you got four little girls under the age of five. Is that true? Like, I think I read four girls in four years. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Our oldest is five and they're all girls. So, you know, we get quite a reaction if we're like walking down a street somewhere, you know, because our baby is bald, but you know, people are like, oh, is it a girl? And yeah. It is a girl. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. Well, I have how many kids in that amount of time? Because my wife is pregnant. We're like, we're, we're barely into this journey of like three months in and I'm like, I thank you very much. I, but I feel so bad for her. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it seems like every day she's like, she's just coming out of the nausea and all that stuff. So I can't even imagine doing that multiple times. So kudos to you. That is incredible. Uh, thank you. Yeah. We're wrapping things up. We are, we have wrapped things up. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's been crazy, but definitely like they having those four girls has pushed us to do things that we didn't, even know what's possible with our business because like, because when you have four girls in four years, you have to find ways to innovate and you have to find ways to be creative and automate as much as you can, or you, your business will, will sink. Like you literally can't survive managing four babies and a business. So, you know, I think that even though it's been a really crazy few years, I, I feel like they have pointed us towards automation in a way that, you know, maybe we never would have found if we weren't forced to innovate by having all those little girls. And we always say like, we just feel so blessed. Like God's really provided for us in this baby making season because it's allowed us to be fully present with our kids in a very important time. You know, we don't want this little fleeting season where they're this small um, to be something that we don't remember or take full advantage of. We want to be fully present in their lives. So yeah. that's what this business we, is allowed We us always do. say things like you can't schedule their first steps, you know, and to be able to have both of us True. there for every single one of those little moments has just been like such an incredible gift. And then also being able to help other people create that too. It's just like, that's our mission. Like that's what drives us. And, you know, you guys get that you're both dads and just, you know, being able to enjoy every little piece of their childhood. Cause they only get one childhood, you know, it's like you get one chance before they're all school aged or whatever. And just having that really hands-on yeah. approach has been so yeah. great for us. 
I mean, that's one of the things, you know, I know we'll get into the topic here in a little bit, but that's one of the things that I'm so excited about uh, for our kid because it, my wife and I used to be teachers and we, you know, we have teacher friends that never get to see their kids. And and they just, it's, it's, I think it's one of the great things about online business and, and what you guys do uh, and what we do at Laptop Empire is really, I think it really is life-changing, you know, f- helping people figure out how to create online businesses. And it's just a really cool thing. So I, I'm glad that you guys, it's, it's interesting to see how, it's forced you to kind of shift from going from what you were doing more one-on-one coaching, which I, I know we'll talk about uh, to an online business model. So it's really cool. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about, I mean, I can go through and I can read your bio and, and what I've gathered about your story, but could you tell us a little bit more about your story and and how you guys got to where you are today and kind of the businesses you've done? Cause it, it seems like there's been a couple of businesses along the way, which I can relate to having gone from online fitness to a digital marketing agency to what we do here at Laptop Empires. So could you walk us through that or walk us our audience through that? Yeah. What I'm learning too is that (laughs) there's no end destination. I think that in all of our endeavors along the way, I kept thinking, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. (laughs) And then, you know, we found this and I'm like, oh, this is definitely it. But even over the last few years, I've watched how this business has changed and I'm realizing Mm -hmm. like, okay, like it's a constant evolution of like growing as a business owner, growing as a person, and then also understanding what the market needs. And so it's been really a crazy journey. And I feel like we are like constantly growing for sure. But this whole thing just started because we wanted Dylan to get out of his corporate job. Yeah, I was working a typical nine to five job in the finance industry. And that was taking up a lot of my time. I remember in that season, really wanting to be, we had a baby, a newborn baby at home and it was our first. So this was four years ago or five, five years ago now. Hmm. Wow. That's weird. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so we, so we had this, you know, income that I was making, but I wasn't able to be the dad that I wanted to be or the husband that I wanted to be. And it was really hard to, you know, go all week, not being able to really see my family, except from like right after work, I would get home and spend about an hour before our daughter's bedtime. And then I would just try to enjoy as much as I could on the weekends. But knowing that on Sunday afternoon, like I would have to get mentally prepared to go back to a full work week. And that was really hard on me and and on us. And one day, Sarah kind of just, you know, made a really bold statement, like made a promise. Yeah, I I had like been trying to earn like a little extra side cash because I was just a stay at home mom. Like it was kind of crazy. We've actually been together since 10th grade. So yeah, where I yeah, I read that. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing, actually. But no, Bobby. No, no. No, Yeah, I've been with my wife since uh, she I think I was a senior in high school and she was a junior. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's cool. Well, (laughs) for whatever it is, we we have been together forever. We got married when we were only 19 in college. And then I got pregnant in college. Um, So I like my personal side of the story is like I went from being in college, getting my degree to like stay at home mom life. And I was like kind of having this whole like it was just me and one baby, you know, and she like naps half the day. So I'm like, what am I doing? You know? And so <laughs> so that's why I was like, all right, I'll just like start singing aside. And I, I'm I'm trying not to be ashamed of this, but I did try network marketing. I had like two or three terrible blogs. I tried to like grow my own Instagram following and like Dylan would come home from his work at lunch and take pictures of me doing yoga poses. And I would just post (laughs) it up and be like, 
I'm going to be an influencer. Like I didn't even have like any intention, (laughs) like no business model. Just like I wanted to do something to take off some of the financial pressure to help us break away from living paycheck to paycheck. But my goal was like, that was it. Like I just wanted to like make some bonus cash. And that's what I was doing. I was making 50 bucks here and $25 there. It's like, you know, uh, really kind of crazy. And then I was actually just like reading and doing some personal development. And I realized I needed to start taking things more seriously. And that's when I called Dylan up at work. And I was like, Dylan, I promise you that I'm going to find a way to replace your nine to five income before Naomi is two. And she was like one when I did that. And <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how I would do it. I really it's kind of crazy thinking back at it. I don't even know if I would have the courage to make that promise to you again, but... <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a plan when she said that. She just said it. Yeah, but I just needed something and like I knew that would motivate me and I knew I would never break a promise to him. So that's when we started really taking things seriously and just like diving into like the whole online space and like saying, okay, we need to choose a business model. I'm not going to keep like dabbling in all these different ventures anymore. Like I... And it's time to like take things seriously. And then right after that, we found out we were pregnant with our second. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like there's, I, we got to go. We got to go now. So that's so what, what was the first thing that you really hit it with and started to have a lot of success before you start getting into the courses and everything? I starting with nothing is so hard, you know? So I essentially like I would, I had like some stuff going on Instagram, like I said, and a blog and like a couple things, none of them were really doing very well, but they were doing what better than some people's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, so I was still having some people asking me like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, well, you know, thinking I'm not really doing much, but you know, they're looking at my website or they're, they're looking at my Instagram. They want to know how I got where I got. And so I started just kind of helping out people for like $200. I would just like coach them and like show them how to do what I had done and like help people build their brands. And I've always kind of had like an eye for branding and like just like storytelling and like copywriting and things like that. So I'd help people with that kind of stuff. And and then I realized like, okay, maybe I could turn this into something more formal and actually be like a business coach. And I had a lot of struggle with that. Like I'll be completely honest because I'm like, I haven't grown a super successful business. So how can I authentically show up as a business coach? And I'm sure you know that the industry is just like saturated with people who are like self-proclaimed experts. And I didn't did not want to be one of those. So I was very careful to lead with integrity, not lead with my numbers, but just like show them like here, just like tangible things I can help you with, like building your website or like all the little things I had figured out by my, all my experiments over the past like couple Mm -hmm. of years. And that business just blew up because it was like very beginning of when like Facebook ads and all that, when people were starting to realize how how scalable they were. And like, I just feel like timing was insane. The timing was perfect because really it was like the very beginning of that, that wave of like online coaching and of like information in general online was not really fully effectively monetized quite yet. So it was kind of crazy timing. Yeah. And that was like the craziest, that was like the big turning point for us because that's that first year we hit $500,000 in sales and Dylan quit his job and I was pregnant and the whole time, like, and I had a baby and it was just like all at once, like it just exploded and it was really exciting, but it was also really hard. Yeah. So was it $500,000 in like freelance service, like providing freelance services or? Yeah. Yeah. So that was all coaching. So that was all coaching. Um, Although towards the end, 
about half of that actually came from a group program or it was like a, a group coaching program because I started feeling so buried in clients. I was like, okay, maybe I can group coach them. Um, and that's what we did for that. Well, and that's awesome because I know when I had done coaching in the past, because I, like I mentioned earlier, I started with an online fitness business and then got into similar to you. People were like, well, how are you growing this? I didn't have a blog or social media and stuff. I was running Facebook ads. And so I started teaching people those things that like I had figured out for myself, kind of like you had said. And I quickly learned like one to many is so much better than one to one because you only have so much time. And so was that like, was that like your first dip into like leverage and like creating time for yourself? Was that that group? And then like, what was like, did you just say, Hey, I need to create more time and I'm going to do this. Or, or how did that, how did you start to make that shift from one-on-one? Yeah. I mean, that really just came from having like such a long waiting list that I was like, I don't want to let these people down. But Mm -hmm. I really wasn't saving time when I switched to group program because I was creating brand new content. I was hopping on calls, but wanting to give everybody the same amount of support that I was giving with one-to-one coaching. So I was taking like literally like four hour group coaching calls and I would come downstairs like after my call, it's just like, <laughs> uh, like, it was just like, honestly, in some ways, I think it was even heavier than doing one-to-one coaching because like the community, like it was just, I felt like even a heavier responsibility now because I was still like, I hadn't really jumped into automation. I was still completely attached to my clients and to their success. And I like I feel like I, I didn't set up something scalable at that point. I, I didn't. So it was right around that time in our story where I saw how burned out Sarah was getting because, you know, she was working with these one-on-one clients. And when you're coaching someone, it's emotionally taxing. You're you're becoming oh, yeah. so invested in their results. And ultimately, it is on them to get those results, right? Like you're not, it's not a done for you service. Coaching is like, you're like helping them get the results that they desire. But Sarah was getting so drained. And, and even when she was doing that group program, like she was getting so drained. So that was when I decided to kind of, you know, I had just been released from my corporate job. I quit <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, well, now what am I doing? Cause Sarah has this business and all of her time is devoted to coaching these people, these clients. And what am I going to do? Right. So the big shift that we made is taking back our time. Like you were asking a little bit. Um, earlier, mm-hmm. we decided to take everything that Sarah had been teaching others. She would get the same question asked to her over and over again by each client. They all had the same, like, you know, the same 10, like variation, the same <laughs> 10 questions asked a slightly different way. Yeah. And it was getting to the point where Sarah was actually kind of like frustrated, like, hey, I just spent two hours saying what I just said to someone else for two hours <laughs> and it's getting old. <laughs> so that's when we were like, okay, let's create an online product and be able to sell that to the masses so that we don't have to use our time to get these people results. Yeah. I definitely had like some limiting beliefs around it. Like when he initially pitched the idea to me, I like kind of shut it down. Cause I was like, those course people are literally just in it for the money. Like I care about my clients. And like, if I remove myself from the equation, like I really wasn't sure if they would still get those results. Cause I'm like, I think that it's coming from that personalized support, but that was actually like a lot of my own ego. And I didn't realize that until I, until we moved into the course model, like how little I had to do with their transformation. Like it has to do with them taking the information and what they do with it. Not necessarily me like personally guiding them through all of this. And so um, that was like a huge shift in my mindset. And that helped us be able to scale. That helped so much like realizing, hey, like I'm not the magic ingredient. Like they have everything they need. I just have to give them information in like a system and have it organized. And, you know, 
I, I we we went crazy. We've been refining this thing for for a while, but yeah. So that that first year we made like the five hundred thousand, but not automated. And then the next year we jumped and made roughly about the same. It was like a little over four hundred, completely automated. Yeah. So we 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 made a little bit less that next year, but it meant so much more to us because when we say completely automated, I mean like we were legit checking in on the business for like an hour a week. Like we were. Like I swear, like we were completely offline for about <laughs> about two years, like completely offline. That's, cool. That's awesome. I one of the things I like from I don't remember where I read it, and but how y'all said like, hey, I would rather make less on autopilot, spending time with the kids instead of making seven figures, but like working like crazy. Um, and I know that I've always felt that way. You know, I mean that I left my legal career you know, for that reason, I enjoyed business more and it ended up being more lucrative. But when I initially made that, it was more about, okay, I've got all these friends working 80 hours a a week. Luckily my job wasn't like that, but I didn't, I was going that way and I didn't want to do that. So that really resonated with me. I'm curious. So when you made that transition to automating things, were you just focusing on like getting systems in place to, you know, like automate the materials and people coming in. Were you relying pretty heavily on paid traffic? Like what, when you say, Hey, we automated the business. What did that look like? We had actually already automated the marketing side of it and getting the clients. And that piece was already automated, which is why we were so bogged down with clients. And then, you know, this part was about automating like the value delivery side and actually creating a course and connecting it and saying, okay, there's actually two pieces of this automated puzzle, right? There's the client attraction process and then there is the value delivery process. And once we have both of those things completely automated, we can be completely hands-off and step away. So when you, uh, I, I kind of want to go back to the getting the client part. So that part of the automation, was it running Facebook ads to a landing page, getting them to an email automation selling via email or what yep. did you have any sales people like were you jumping on sales calls or no what did that look like no so yeah it was it was honestly just a completely automated like funnel like what you said it was like a landing page and then we sent them to a four-part video series we sent them 15 emails with you know the cart open bonuses expiring cart close and we had about like one percent close rate on that and so i mean ultimately as long as the math worked you know we knew we'd pay x amount of dollars in ads to get this many leads and then we know that this many convert which means it means this much in sales so you know it was pretty like calculated and it worked really really well um the only issue we ran into was offering extended payment plans because uh, when we did that that was awesome for us long term but in the short term we had some cash flow problems so it's something that we are like that we teach our students now is like try to limit the extended payment plans or you know give somebody an incentive to buy but i think that's why it sold so well on autopilot because we weren't asking them to hand us you know $3000 in cash up front we were just doing a 12 month payment plan for them so that was awesome but you know we'd make we'd put $10,000 in ads we'd make $100,000 in sales but month 1 we would only make you know it would be like a wash so that was like the trickiest part of this for sure and that's kind of how we we've, we've adjusted by really limiting the people that we offer the payment plans to now this is probably a really nitty gritty question but you know i my experience with payment plans like one of the biggest risks is people not continuing to pay um, and you can have contracts and different things but like have you have you guys had to put anything in place to uh, you know basically like get people to do it or like how do you handle 
that situation. Cause I found that to be one of the hardest things to deal with, like both just personally, like you feel for people. And then also, but like, you know, it's like the business side versus the emotional side. One thing that we've experienced in, in that area is the quality of person that you're attracting. I think that's one of the biggest like factors to this whole thing. And when you're like leading with integrity and when your marketing is all about like for us, it's like, it's attracting the type of person we want. It's like a family person that, you know, wants this business. And a lot of them are like, if they find themselves in a situation where they might be able like, they know they'll probably miss next month's payment. They actually like reach out to us and tell us like, Hey, like, I'd like to just kind of have a skip month. Like, can we, do that. Like we, we've been able to work with those people, but for the most part, if someone does miss a payment and we send them an email saying like, Hey, by the way, like you just missed a payment. They're very apologetic, almost embarrassed. And they are like, like very like, you know, I'll get that fixed right away. Most of the time it's just their card got like maxed out. There's no room on it. They have to enter new payment information or whatever. But in general, we really haven't run into a lot of those problems. Yeah. You get your occasional person dropping off, but not enough to like have it be an issue. And we we do charge 20% more for that. So, you know, that usually covers us. But honestly, we we thought ahead on this. And what we did is we added some content in the very beginning of our course all about like mindset and how to think about money and like retrain your brain, like to think like a successful entrepreneur. And all of a sudden, like, our clients who like come in and they're they're buying into the idea of it, then they start thinking differently. And they like they start being more willing to invest, I think, in themselves. And so when it and like how to cope with like when you are in financial stress. So like if maybe someone would have naturally fallen off on their payments because they had gone through our mindset work, you know, they would do whatever it took to make that payment happen and, you know, believe that that the money was going to follow or, you know, implement what they had in the course and, and make some quick money here, you know, just to cover the cost of the program. So I think that's been really helpful too, just having that mindset training in there and like helping them, like, I don't know, just mentally be able to handle that cost. Do you have an idea of like what percentage of your students are on, are they paying up front or on a payment plan? Like, which is it like 50 50 or is it majority people just paying up front? Yeah, there's a large percentage. Um, the last time I looked, it was well above 50% are paying like one time up front. Yeah, there's a few ways to get that percentage up. You know, number one, you have to hit hard with interest on the payment plan so that they say, okay, wow, I'd really be saving a thousand dollars if I, you know, paid up, you know, in cash. Another thing would be to offer like a pay in full bonus, like, you know, whatever that might look like for you, or, you know, just like little incentives to get get them to pay in full. For those listeners that have experience in, in business, like it's all about split testing, right? So we've definitely messed around with this a little bit. And one of the things that we tried for a period of time was like a three month payment plan. And so that way it's it's more like, it's more for the type of person that is willing to invest like a lump sum up front. It helps us with cash flow, And then we just took away the 12 month payment plan option. Um, and then that, you know, it worked with cash flow, but then we didn't have as many sales. So it's like just something that you kind of have to mess with. And on your end, whatever works best for you is what you need to go with. And another thing you can do too would be to add in tiered pricing options. So if you have some people investing at a higher level, then you can basically afford to give other people that payment option as an option because you have some other sales coming in that are bigger ticket items. Or maybe if you even have some smaller offers, that would help offset those costs and help with your conversion rates so that you can 
offer those payment plans because accessibility and just like making sure that people, when they're hit with that price, they can wrap their mind around it and they can find a way to make it happen like is everything, especially during a time like this. Yeah. To go more toward the automation piece of this, and Mike, you might have had something else on that, but I'm just curious, do you have... For example, if you have people that didn't make a payment, are you personally reaching out to those people? Is it you emailing or do you have a team member that does support? Because we have we have a support team member. So I'm just kind of curious what your structure looks like to allow you to automate some of these things where you're not in the weeds of the business. Yeah, we have a team, um, which has been great. Uh, we had a team running our ads for us for a while. And then we also had, you know, customer support team, just like if people got locked out of the membership site or they missed a payment or they had a question about the program, that would go to our team. Um, but they still felt like they were, you know, being connected to a human, which is great. We did end up just ending our, like, we we had like this mentality to build out like a big team, you know, uh, I think it's another rookie mistake thinking like, all right, I got to like outsource everything. And um, I, the longer we've gone in this, like the the less, you know, we went from having like a team to like having like a one person, one man team right now. And it just makes so much more sense because if, because for most anything you can build a system that could replace that. So, you know, even like our team member doesn't have to reach out to somebody if they miss an e like if they miss a payment, like Stripe, like, you know, through Zapier, like let's convert kit know that they need to get an email. And so like, then they go through these series of emails, like reminding them to make their payment. Like usually she doesn't even have to touch that. And so for most things, there really is a system. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, the, it's interesting what you mentioned. I don't know if you've read this book. I keep it on my desk cause I love it, but it's a company of one by Paul Jarvis. And it's, it really kind of touches on what you're talking about where I know like for me, for a long time, I thought I wanted to build this like massive business. Um, and over the years, especially as we get closer to having our first kid and I've seen like Mike and how he's been able to stay home with his kids and just kind of like keep it very streamlined, I guess. Like I, I personally am trying to lean more toward that, like making sure that I'm not just growing for the sake of growing as far as like team members. So I think that's really cool that you guys are doing that. And I, that, is, that is a great point with the the Zapier. Like, I don't think people understand the amount of automations that can be done now on the internet. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like when you think about how Zapier and all the email automations, like you can really, you can really do what you're talking about where you can replace people with, <laughs> with just technology. <laughs> it's like, it kind of sounds bad, but it's true. I mean, it's really true. So I think that's really interesting that you guys did that from an, an automation standpoint. Yeah. I mean, we use that kind of stuff. I'm just an example, like in our agency, if I want an ad created for, you know, sometimes I'll send a message or I can write something up or create something myself, but we've got the team and I actually have a Google form and I can just like, I just hit little check boxes and say, I want this, 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 and this, and then submit it. And then Zapier distributes it to my team and they go and they, you know, create the whole thing. And so it's, it really is, you can create systems around just about anything. So I love that, that you guys have shrunk it down. That's cause that's really cool. And that's, takes a lot of work. I know you guys must have busted your butts to get there. And then, well, really quickly, I just got to say, I loved, I'm glad I asked and went off topic about how to follow up with the payments, because I think a lot of times people <laughs> no, because it was kind of a weird question. Like, but I think a lot of people, it's like, oh, you got to, you hire an agency or you send all these emails or you do all this. And I just love that you guys talk about attracting the right people and your messaging and your marketing and all of that being on point. And I know Bobby and I were recording something recently and we were talking about how not enough people put enough time into those kind of things. So I was not necessarily expecting that answer, but I thought it was a fantastic answer, like everything you said there. My next thing that I'd like to know is just from y'all's perspective, you know, obviously taking your coaching and turning it into a course 
is huge leverage for you. So putting that aside, what do you think is the next biggest action somebody that has a course can take to really get more time leverage? Because I think a lot of people think, okay, I have a course, so I'm going to have more time. And there's so much that goes into promoting and marketing and delivering the results via a course. So I'm curious what you guys have found to be your biggest time leverage thing you put in place or strategy or whatever it may be. Um, I would say a huge piece of this is branding. And I think that's like the unsung hero right now where everyone's talking about funnels and automation. I feel like it's kind of a trending topic and ads and all of that. I think that just coming through with your leading with your story and making sure that every single detail of the process is like has your personal touch on it. So for example, like when somebody opts in, like there's like a gif of us that or a gif, however you want to say it, of being like, yay, you know, um, and just like trying to bring little pieces of yourself through the whole process. Because the reason, the reason I answer that way is because we don't have like as much skepticism. I think a lot of times like with the online space, like half the battle is just fighting the skepticism, especially in our industry where people are trying to teach people how to make money. And so if you lead with like your story and you're you're really personally vulnerable, I think that just having like every single detail of the process, like reminding everyone that this whole experience is like human to human, not like Facebook to email subscriber. And like just making sure that your like the fact that you care shows through because there's just so many copy and pasted funnels right now. And there's so many fake promises out there. And we like always lead with saying, this is a ton of work. Like this is insanity. Like there were nights where I cried myself to sleep, like, you know, like, and just being like completely (laughs) honest. And, and, um, I think that the other thing too, is that when you build your funnel and you, you, do all of this from the ad creation all the way through to your sales page that you're not that you're 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 leading with adding value and that you're not just putting this stuff out there to hope to get a sale but that you're putting this out there hoping to get out your message hoping that even if someone doesn't buy you're helping pr- help them progress a little bit more and getting them closer to where they need to be and i've had so many people who've been on my email list for like 3 years saying like wow, like, guess what? Yeah, I built this successful company just from like what you've sent to me. And now I'm going to buy your course, you know, after years of us adding value. And you don't really see that until you've been in business for a while. You don't have those people saying, oh, I've been following you for three years, you know, if you're only a year old. But recently I'm starting to understand like how that is just so like, it just really works long-term. What do you guys do in terms of, you were talking about your email list and we're we're big fans of email marketing and, and just newsletter we do a lot of newsletter emails and things like that, just uh, kind of like infotainment. Um, what do you do in terms of your list? Do you email them regularly? Is it all automated? Like, how does that? What does that look like? If you go back to our <laughs> our automated funnel over the past couple of years, like Sarah and I admit that that's one of the weak points of our of our system is that once they go through our automated funnel, like they kind of sit there. Um, every once in a while, they'll get a real time email from us with like a life update whenever we have a new baby. Yeah, usually. Yeah. <laughs> every year, like, hey, here's a new baby. <laughs> hey, by the way, we have a child. <laughs> um, the, the yearly baby update. <laughs> right, right. We could probably send out another one being like, not a baby update. Right? It's like about the time when we would normally have one and we don't have one now. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely like something that we, we have made a priority over the last little while here we've made a priority to to not leave people just kind of sitting there well if you go through our funnel the last funnel the last email in the funnel says 
hey, like we practice what we preach. Everything that we do is automated. So this has been automated emails and this is the last one in the automated sequence. So you will not hear from us again. <laughs> and then like that, like that has a high click rate, man. People want like, they're like, oh gosh, like I'm never gonna hear from these people again. Cause like literally the subject line is like, this is the last email you'll get from me. And they're like, what, you know? And then, you know, um, every, every, about once a year, we'll do a live launch and we'll just Mm-hmm. Only promote that to our old email subscribers and just gives us a chance to get more touches on them. And that's, you know, usually about a week or two of our time that we put into going live and all that kind of stuff. And people say, like, our feedback to that has actually been really great because of our niche. They're like, wow, I haven't gotten an email from you in a year, which means you're really practicing what you preach. I can see you haven't posted on social media in two years. I can see that you haven't, you know, sent out an email to me in a year. So I guess you're clearly practicing what you preach, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I, I went through, you know, like I said, I discovered y'all through an ad for your four part video thing. You know, that was how I saw it. And since it's a topic I'm interested, I'm, I'm always like snooping on people's funnels and their emails. Like I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm a sucker for good, for good email, you know, marketing emails. And I got to say, I got to the end of y'all's funnel a while back. And that last email, like was a, I loved it. Like I, I saw that and it's like, this is all, this has all been automated. We're practicing what we preach. We're not emailing you anymore. And I remember reading that and going like, I bet they get so many conversions <laughs> because it's, it's, it's the urgency play, but it's so different. It's not like this thing closes at, at, at midnight. It's like, we're not going to message you again. Like we're not going to come to you again. So yeah, that's uh maybe that's a little weird that I went through, but I, I thought that was awesome. So if you guys, you know, they've put together a little freebie for y'all. Um, I think it's like slash podcast. Get me, let me pull it up really quickly. You guys can get it. It's in the show notes, but with the kings.com slash podcast gift. And uh, you can, you can learn from them and, you know, eventually get that email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of wanted to end this backwards. So we've been talking about the automations and, you know, how to grow this thing. And, and you guys said, you've got your video series, you've got your email sequences, you've got uh, your, you know, your Facebook ads, your paid advertising, all of that kind of stuff. But what we haven't talked about is like people that want to get started and that want to create a course. I think the biggest question is like, what can I do? Like, how do I get into this? How do I get an idea? You know, and we've always done ours based on teaching something that we know, you know, like we create a Facebook ads course, we create this, create that. So when you have people that are start following you, they see your ad or they see you on Instagram, whatever it may be, like, how do you help people when that maybe think I don't have anything to offer for a course? Like, what's your response to them or your advice to them? Such a good question. That's definitely our most FAQ. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's such a good one. Yeah. So we actually, in the four-part video series, committed one of those videos to being all about coming up with your course topic. And what we've found is that a lot of people have some level of unconscious competence where they have an area of expertise, but they don't even realize it because it just comes so naturally to them or they've been doing it for so long. And there are ways to extract, you know, those ideas and and flesh it out and take something and turn it into a course. But what we really didn't want to do was, you know, for those people who maybe like are really not having an area of expertise right now, like I, I guess our initial way of solving that problem was like, okay, we'll help you find a topic. But recently we've found like, gosh, there's so many people who just truly don't have something, especially that they can sell for a premium price. And, you know, in order for 
them to have the margins to invest in ads, you know, and still be profitable. Like you have to have a premium price course. So what we actually did is two weeks ago, we launched our sister company, brand new business called Course Fluence. And what that is, is essentially like a platform for people to come and sell courses that they don't have to create. So they can come in there, they can choose what course is, you know, something that they can get behind, you know, and there's a whole, there's going to be a whole bunch of topics in there. And then they take the course, go through the transformation, and then they can sell that course and, you know, earn a percentage off of each sale. And then we also train them on how to do that. And that, you know, that's hard because it's not, you know, it's not fully automated, but it is a way to start making money from home and build your brand and grow your following until you understand where your area of expertise is or, you know, grow into an area of expertise. So it's like basically going in, learning how to kind of build your brand and then promote affiliate programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that yeah. Essentially that. Yeah. Except awesome. instead of calling them affiliates, we call them course fluencers because it just sounds cooler. Well, it sounds more unique, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, but that's pretty much what it is. All right. That is all we have, you know, for y'all, you know, where can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where they can find you? I've already mentioned if you guys go to withthekings.com slash podcast gift, or you can just click it here in the show notes. You guys can download their four-part video course and go through that if you want to learn about creating a course and creating more, you know, this autopilot kind of business in your life. But you guys have anything about where people can find you or any last advice for our listeners that are thinking about getting into this? Yeah. So I would just say the number one thing is to just make a decision to commit to making this happen for yourself. I personally, uh, my biggest thing is like getting in this space of not taking action. Usually it's consumption, listening to things and learning for the sake of, you know, being able to take action on it, but never actually taking that next step and doing it. And that's one of the things that I'm really, I'm really like inspired by when I see Sarah, because she is such an action taker. And I think that's a large part of why we are, we are where we are right now is because she is like not just going to consume, but she's going to create. And so for those of you who are listening, that's my number one tip is to start taking action. And it doesn't have to be courses, but whatever it is that you feel you need to do to, to move to the next phase of your life, don't wait on that. Start today and start taking action towards your dreams. Yeah. And, you know, my thing too would be actually coming from my inspiration of Dylan, which is he is such a big dreamer and he literally believes that anything is possible. And like his belief in creating this when he originally told me like, hey, let's let's set this thing up on autopilot. I'm like, Dylan, like, let's be realistic. Right. And I think that I've learned from him just like that anything really is possible. And, you know, I would encourage you to challenge yourself and look at like, what thoughts do you have right now where you're just trying to stay in like the realistic zone and just step outside of those and start thinking bigger and start dreaming bigger. And when you see other people who are doing big things in the world, like realize that there's nothing different between them and you, like literally anything is possible for you as long as you're willing to put in the work. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody that's listening, please go to withthekings.com slash podcast gifts to check out the video course that they provide for y'all. And thank you guys so much for coming again, talking about your business, your story. I'm sure with as many other parents like us, this follower show that's going to be very inspiring for people that want to spend more time with the kids. Cause I feel like that's one of the biggest drivers in the world for getting into this kind of entrepreneurial journey. So I really Appreciate y'all sharing that and uh, everybody else. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. 
For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.